Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. And welcome to Praying for America. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone. It's great to have you with us on behalf of our ministry here at Priests for Life. We thank you for joining us. Friends, the Democrats are monsters. This is what President Trump said. The other night, I was with him on Saturday night, with, together with the, uh, the attendees of the Faith and Freedom Coalition's Road to Majority Conference, held every year in June. And we are on the road to the majority, taking back uh, the Senate. And we're going to increase the lead in the House of Representatives and, of course, take back the White House. This is essential. And this is with your help and sacrifice and prayers, exactly what is going to happen. And one of the reasons it's going to happen is that people are going to realize that with their extremism on so many issues, the Democrat Party has become become monsters. Now, President Trump used that word. I'm going to play you some clips from him here in this program from the speech that I attended uh, the other night, Saturday night. It was really inspiring, fabulous, tremendous. And uh, you're going to see him addressing the clips I've chosen, address the issue that, as you know, I deal with full time, the question of the right to life. There's been no pro-life president more strong on this issue than he has been, uh, nor will there be in the uh, upcoming election a better choice if you're interested in advancing the right to life. Some people have wondered, you know, is President Trump softening his position on abortion? Well, I can assure you he is not. These clips will assure you he is not. He's very proud of what has been accomplished and very intent to build on that progress. Having said all that, let's go to the scriptures and introduce our discussion tonight. I want to go to the second letter of Paul to Timothy in chapter 1, starting in verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Let us pray. Father, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we are steadfast in proclaiming it, in believing it, and in withstanding opposition against it. And we thank you, Lord, for leaders who manifest this same steadfastness and unapologetic defense of what is right. Leaders both in the church and in the political arena. We thank you, Lord God, for leaders like President Trump who stand without fear, who stand without being ashamed of what is right, including on what is right in regard to how we treat the youngest children, the weakest children, the children yet in the womb. We thank you, Lord God, and we ask you to help us understand how this fits in with building a great America, with pursuing just policies, with transforming our nation according to the kingdom of God. We pray all this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. And speaking of praying all this, as we pray for America during these programs, we want to pray for you. Very specifically, let us know what your prayer requests are. This is your opportunity to ask our very, very large audience to pray for you very specifically and intentionally. So leave those comments, as you know, on the many platforms that we're on right now. Others can see your comments. I want them to see how we can pray for you, and my team and I will be praying for you both on the air and off the air. So last, uh, this day before yesterday, Saturday, uh, we're gathered in Washington. This conference took place on uh, Friday and Saturday. Ralph Reed uh, convenes this annual Road to Majority conference. It's a political lineup of who's who in American uh, politics and uh including the presidential candidates uh, whom he had uh, speak. He had me speak, and uh, in a later program this week, I'll share with you uh, my remarks from the, uh, from the conference. But I wanted to focus today on what was the culminating speech of the whole conference at Saturday night's uh, Patriot Gala dinner, and that was uh, President Trump himself, who spoke for a good uh, hour and a half and laid out for us, as he has been doing, his concrete plans, proposals uh, for a second term, uh, specific policies that, my goodness, they, all of them will make you jump to your to your feet. And I, I want to urge you to watch. Let me start with with this. Watch the whole speech. We're going to give you a few few clips here tonight, but go back and watch the whole speech. Now we have a special website that our ministry has set up called PresidentTrumpRallies.com. Now at PresidentTrumpRallies.com, you can see the speeches he gives in their entirety, unedited. And of course, uh, part of uh, where uh, part of our audience here now is watching us on Right Side Broadcasting Network. And as you know, that's how that network got its start. And what it has been known for is bringing people the speeches of President Trump unedited, uh, no uh, uh, spin. Uh, you hear his words directly in totality. Uh, and that's what we uh, we like to do as well. And this is where, of course, on right side broadcasting, you've got you've got these archived also. So, but we keep them up there, PresidentTrumpRallies.com, and uh, go and see what he uh, what he talked about on Saturday night, uh, brothers and sisters. So, 
in regard to the right to life. Now, I served on the 2016 campaign of President Trump and again on the 2020 uh, campaign in the in the role of an advisor on, on two different um, committees, one regarding Catholic issues uh, and the second regarding pro-life issues. And on, in fact, in the 2020 uh, campaign, I was given the, the role of national co-chair for pro pro-life voices for Trump. Now, back in the first election, when I was speaking with his advisors and campaign people uh, that were getting ready for that first run, that successful run for the uh, for the presidency, uh, and of course, as President Trump says, hey, I got 12 million more votes the second time around, more than any sitting president in American history. Uh, we did better the second time around than the first time around. Uh, I was told by his advisors the following, and this proved to be true. He said, if President Trump is elected, then he will do everything that past pro-life presidents have done and more. Now, those two little words, and more, resonated in my mind. And I saw them unfold in all truth right before my eyes. We all did. One of the examples he gives in, in one of the three clips I'm going to share with you tonight was that when he renewed, reinstituted, the Mexico City policy that protects your tax dollars and mine from paying for abortions overseas. This is a very, very strong opinion of the American public that we don't want to be paying uh, our money overseas for, for killing children by abortion. He not only reinstated it, he expanded it to protect more tax dollars in more different agencies of government. He expect I will do everything past pro-life presidents have done and more. He expanded that Mexico City policy. He not only, as some past pro-life presidents have done, talked live to the March for Life, because others called in by phone, he showed up there in person. I will do everything they have done and more. Now, the and more part, if you know President Trump's accomplishments, and go to ProLifePresident.com if you need a refresher, because at ProLifePresident.com, we not only have his pro-life accomplishments, but a summary of all the great historic accomplishments of his administration, you will see that this and more applies across the board, not just to pro-life policies. Everything he has done for the good of America has been and more. He's gotten things done that past administrations talked about or even promised, agreed was were good things, but never got them done. Such as Jerusalem being the capital of Israel and moving the embassy there. Or right to try. It's not that it was a brand new idea, but nobody was able to get it done. Right to try, you know when somebody has a terminal illness and uh, all other... Medical options have been exhausted, but maybe there are some drugs that are not yet approved. They're in the trial phase. It's like, what do they got to lose? Let them try. The right to try. And he was able to get it done by negotiating the, the concerns that various pharmaceutical companies had about what would happen if they opened the doors to do this. And he, 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 he uh, was able to find a path to make it happen. This is the kind of man that we're dealing with in President Trump. Okay, so first of all, now here's a clip. And from the speech Saturday night, 
where he talks about just talking about us as people of faith and what we're dealing with from the Democrats. Take a listen. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way. That's all it is. That's all it is. Very simple, actually. Ultimately, the radical left lunatics are coming after all of us because they know that our allegiance is not to them. Our allegiance is to our country and to our Creator. And that's why, under Biden, Christians are being persecuted like nothing this nation has ever seen before. I don't understand how people can vote. People of faith, and I'm not just talking about Christians, I'm talking about people of faith, can vote for these Democrats. They've become monsters. They're fighting you all the way on religion. You know, I watched Biden during debates when he could speak, and he was trying to say, you know, oh, I love being a Catholic. You know what they're doing to Catholics right now? There's never been an assault on Catholics, the likes of which they're having right now, what they're having to go through. Biden's corrupt DOJ has targeted parents at school board meetings. They've sent SWAT teams to arrest pro-life activists. You know that. The FBI has been caught labeling devout Catholics as domestic terrorists and sending undercover spies into Catholic churches just as it was in the old Soviet Union days. Pretty rough stuff. Who can believe this? And as I've pointed out on various programs recently, that's what we're dealing with. Tyranny, Marxism. This, this Democrat Party has become a Marxist party. We have to say it clear, straight, direct, and especially, you know, the way he said that was so perfect. I don't understand how the people of faith can vote for these Democrats especially leaders of the faith. Wake up, ladies and gentlemen, who pose, I'm going to say pose, as religious leaders, my goodness, including bishops in the Catholic Church and some cardinals. What is wrong with you? That you can support these Democrats. See, some of them, they're tied in too tight, friends. They're tied in too tight with these Democrat leaders. That's the explanation for it. And so they suppress their own conscience. Oh, oh, I'm not going to speak up too loud against the, I don't want to upset my friends. Yeah, so instead you upset your Lord. You don't quite care so much about that, do you? These, these people are, they're as bad as they are. These, these religious leaders that vote for the Democrats, they're as bad as the Democrats. They've become monsters too. Now, I want to show you this next clip because... Uh, we were together on, on the day before yesterday with this whole Faith and Freedom Conference and President Trump on the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision. Uh, and I, I shared with you on uh, Friday night my, my, my reflections about that in some detail. And so it was a very celebratory tone there at the conference. And President Trump mentioned it more than once because he, of course, deserves the key credit 
Uh, he mentions, of course, all the people that have worked over all these decades. But and I've been I've been among them. I started fighting against Roe v. Wade when I was 17 years old as a high school student, getting involved in the March for Life and other pro-life activities. But he uh, deserves the main credit here for having put on the Supreme Court, just as he predicted would happen. Prior to the 2016 election, he said, if, if, if I get in and I get to put two or three justices on the court, on the high court, and as you know, it turned out to be three, the reversal of Roe v. Wade will happen automatically. That's exactly, he hit the nail right on the head. And so I want you to hear what he had to say about all this. And, you know, you talk about government intrusion. We don't want government intrusion into our lives. The worst kind of government intrusion is when a government can define you out of existence, can deny that you're a person, can take away the protection of your life itself. We worry about the government taking our property, taxing us too much, too many regulations, controlling us too much, uh, interfering with the education of our children. But... But if they say you're not a person and you can be killed, what worse intrusion of government can there be? And yet that's exactly what's happening with all these children in the womb that are being killed a million a year in our country, a million a year from abortion. Let's take a listen to what he had to say about uh, Democrat extremism and our duty to point it out. Exactly one year ago today, those justices were the pivotal votes in the Supreme Court's landmark decision ending the constitutional atrocity known as Roe v. Wade. Conservatives had been trying for 50 years, exactly 50 years. Amazing that today is the day. I don't know. Did you set this up on purpose? Was that done purposely? This is the day, one year. I mean, it's, today is the birthday of that decision. Did you do that? I mean, it wasn't just by a fluke, right? I assume you did. Whether you did or not, this is the uh, birthday, so it was pretty good. And Ralph's birthday, too. That was set up, too. Something, <laughs> something strange is going on here. You know what they'll say? It's Trump's fault. Trump's fault. <laughs> but I got it done, and nobody thought it was even a possibility. They've been fighting. Good people, strong people, smart people have been fighting for 50 years, and it never even came close to getting done. I don't believe they've ever even taken a vote. I mean, never even came close. It was something that wasn't going to happen. I got it done. I get a kick out of these candidates and even the other side. Well, I don't know. I think I'm more pro-life on this and and somebody stood up, a woman stood up and said, this guy ended Roe v. Wade. How the hell can you go against him? And I sort of said that myself, actually. <laughs> but I'm proud to be the most pro-life president in American history. Okay. From my first day in office, I took historic action to protect the unborn. Very historic. Nobody else did anything near what we did. 
And it put us in such a great position, that victory. That victory, we'll go into it, but that victory is a tremendous uh, victory in so many different ways because they are the radical people. When they're willing to kill a child after birth, they're willing. You know, take it beyond the nine months. They are the radical people. They are the people that are really uh, in trouble with the Lord. I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy. You know what that is. That was a big deal. Nobody else did it. Stop taxpayer funding for abortion providers. And at the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. And I did these things, and I took heat, and I also got great love. I mean, you know, you have two sides to it, but I got great love. And I was the first sitting president ever to attend the March for Life rally right here in Washington, D.C. So all these accomplishments, and you know, people wonder sometimes, well, what is he talking about when he says, you know, killing the baby even after birth? Friends, I have a special website for you to to look at for more information about that. Bornalive.us. Bornalive.us is a special website that we put together during the midst of of the fight. And it's an ongoing fight to increase legal protection for babies who survive abortion, because sometimes that happens. Various states keep track of the numbers. There are some numbers at CDC. We have living testimonies from some of the people who have survived. This is real. And the Democrats are not willing to support that legislation. They don't care if these babies die out there on the on the metal table uh, in the abortion facility. They, 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 don't, they don't care. They are monsters. This is why President Trump used that word monsters. I use it too. We don't do this lightly. And we don't like to be having to say these things. But we have to say these things because it's true. So the third clip I want to share with you um, it goes into more of the, the question of the abortion policies. And we've got, here's a key, look, I want to give you two two key um, pieces of advice in terms of presenting this. Some of you who are watching our candidates uh, or you're, you're working on campaigns and all of us are influencing our fellow voters. Look, there's two main assertions we need to make. Number one, it is our side that is the compassionate side. All right. We don't stand up for babies uh, without also standing up for their parents and for the whole family and making it possible, giving them the strength to give life to that child. And secondly, the other side, they are the extremists. And you'll see how President Trump points that out here in uh, these remarks. And uh, let's take a look. As your president, I will continue to stand proudly for pro-life policies, just as I did for four strong years. And we cannot in this room, and Republicans, but the people in this room, we cannot be afraid to take on the Democrat extremists. We can't be afraid. We have to be strong and powerful. That's why when I'm reelected, I will continue to fight against the demented late-term abortionists in the Democrat Party who believe in unlimited abortion on demand and even executing babies after birth. These are very troubled people, and the American public is on our side by overwhelming margins. You know, the politicians are going to have to learn to talk about this issue because they are the radicals. We're not the radicals. When you kill a baby after four months, six months, 
eight months, nine months? Remember the governor of Virginia? He said, yes, the baby is born. You lay the baby aside, and then you make a determination as to what you do with the babies. In other words, he would kill the baby after — and you have many. They believe in that. They, that's what they want. They are the radical extremists. We're not the radical extremists. And politicians have to say that. They have to say that because they come out as radical. And the Democrats that believe in this late-term abortion, thanks to the Supreme Court decision of exactly one year ago, we gave those who have long been fighting for pro-life cause negotiating power for the first time ever. You have tremendous negotiating power. Now, with Roe v. Wade, you had none. You had no power. We've now given pro-life people tremendous power to negotiate something that will be happy, that will be good for everybody. And you have power for the first time. You didn't have that power. You had no power. They could do anything. They could kill the baby after the baby was born. They could kill the baby in the ninth month. These are horrible, horrible things to think about. And even other countries, other than two countries, I won't mention their names, China <laughs> and North Korea. They have very strong limits. But I believe the greatest progress for pro-life is now being made in the states where everyone wanted to be. That's one, one of the reasons they wanted Roe v. Wade terminated, is to bring it back into the states where a lot of people feel strongly it should be and where legal scholars feel very strongly it should be, with the three exceptions that I support and Ronald Reagan before me supported for rape, incest, and for the life of the mother. A lot of people are, are more and more coming into that fold, and uh, it's something you have to very consider. You have to go with your heart. You have to go with your mind. You have to make that decision, but the three exceptions. And Ronald Reagan was uh, there a long time ago, and I got through two very successful campaigns. Actually, my second campaign was much more successful. I got 12 million more votes, so I don't know. I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened. However, there of course, remains a vital role for the federal government in protecting unborn life. And it's very important. And I propose for you tonight, just uh, as I did when I said that we will win the Supreme Court decision on abortion. Remember I said that during my campaign? Everyone said, that's not going to happen. Nobody thought that was going to happen. But I will fight for you like no president has ever fought before. We'll get something done for the country. We're going to be for the country. We will defeat the radical Democrat policy of extreme late-term abortion, and we will bring everybody together to protect our precious unborn babies in a very, very big way. And now you have the power to do it because we terminated Roe v. Wade. Every child born and unborn is a sacred gift from God. Thank you. But you're in a much different position than you were before. Before, you had, you had nothing to negotiate with. Today, you're, uh, you're in the driver's seat, very much in the driver's seat. Under my leadership, the United States will also rejoin the Geneva Consensus Declaration created by my administration and signed by 36 nations to reject the globalist claim of an international right to abortion. This declaration affirms the family as the foundation of a good and great society, 
and states that every human being has the inherent right to life. And Joe Biden withdrew the United States from this historic declaration his very first week in office, as he did. You see what Biden does? We can't even stand as a nation together with those other countries to say that every human being has an inherent right to life. There's a lot of important things in what President Trump said here. Friends, one of the things I want to emphasize is there remains a federal role in dealing with abortion. That's a very important assertion that he made. I mean, everyone is talking in regard to the Dobbs decision about how it gave more power to the states to enact pro-life policy. Yes, indeed, that is true. And there's, the battle has always been in the states. It kept The court kept blocking the pro-life laws because of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. But now, as he said, we can do more but there remains a federal role. The Congress and, and, and uh, uh, various members of Congress have introduced bills to extend protections for the unborn, but too many members of Congress, even on the Republican side of the aisle, are afraid of the issue now. They, this is the time to be least afraid of it. Move forward and protect these, these children. Uh, but uh, as the president said, you know, every child, born and unborn, is a sacred gift of God, and we have the inherent right to life. That means on a moral plane, on a moral plane, no abortion is okay at all. He speaks on a political plane, on a legislative plane. In terms of those exceptions, it's not that to endorse them morally. We can't. We can never, never say an abortion is okay in any circumstance. But legally, legislatively, and politically, are you going to get a consensus in a legislative body uh, to have uh, a pure bill with no exceptions? Not at this time in most places. And that's all he's saying is that we want to let's attack the late term uh, abortion uh, madness that is going on. And then we lead the nation along step by step to understand what is really uh, going on here. So every child, every child, he has said in more than one way in that very same speech and in many others, every child is a sacred gift of God. Uh, the inherent right to life must be respected and protected, and we need to keep moving in that direction. Praying for America, saving America indeed means reasserting America's declaration of independence that says the right to life is given to us by the Creator. We want to thank President Trump for being uh, right on that same page with our founding documents. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the strength of pro-life candidates and office holders. Thank you for the tremendous progress that we have made. May we continue to build on this progress, affirming that there is no such thing as a child who does not have the right to life, that there is no such thing as an abortion that's okay, uh, and that there is in our hands now the new power, the new ability to actually protect these children from this violence. Bless us, Lord, as a nation. And we pray now as Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, it was a delight to bring you President Trump's speech tonight. It was a delight to be there in person. 
and I want to uh, ask you to watch that whole speech. Again, PresidentTrumpRallies.com. You can see that and many, many past speeches of President Trump as well. You'll be fired up, and that's what we want to do through this program, to work and to pray for America. Friends, join us again tomorrow night. This is pro-life leader Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. God bless you. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King. Our team at Priest for Life produces many books, pamphlets, audio and video presentations, and other resources to help you protect the unborn. I invite you today to visit our online store at ProLifeProducts.org and see the many helpful resources you can get for yourself, your pro-life group, and your church. God bless you. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.